Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 116th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week we are having a, it's called, what's it called? A, a fizzy piggy. A fizzy piggy. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 No fizzy piggy noises? <laughs> no fizzy piggy noises. Well, the noise is fine. I think it's the it's nose the pig part. nose I do? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I'm big on Yeah, you, you are a big nose person, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. Don't, don't make your nose yeah. piggy. Yeah. Uh, but if you... If you want to know what goes into a fizzy piggy, be sure to join our Marriage on the Rock Speakeasy Facebook group. Um, we posted well, we posted the drink video um, this last Saturday, and we post drink videos every Saturday. So we, if you want to join, please yeah, join. join us. We need some new blood. We got some lame ass people in our group that don't do shit. <laughs> Jeez. So we need some new blood in there. <laughs> new blood. Well, and and if you if you are part of the group, fucking interact. Boot your ass out of my group. That's <laughs> seriously interact. Yeah. And um, speaking of the of the speakeasy group as as well. Oh shoot! I guess um, we will probably be announcing, or maybe have announced by now, the winner of the. <clears throat> Of the oh, yeah, of the giveaway. Giveaway. Yeah, so... Winner's me. <laughs> I won. No, I'm just joking. Um, well, and, you know, we're going to... Today, we're going we're gonna to read another letter we got. Mm-hmm. We have, aside from like one person, all of the letters we've got are from people that are not part of the group. Yeah. If you're brave enough to send us a, a heartfelt outpour of cry for help or advice or whatever join maybe that's what we should say before i before we respond go to the marriage on the rock speakeasy group (laughs) and join the facebook group and then we'll give you your advice yeah because it is funny that so many people reach out but they're Mm -hmm. not they're not part of the group i know yeah Uh uh-huh well i know that yeah that's true i guess some there has been some people that have reached out and then joined the group yeah Mm -hmm. but still yeah join the group and interact and I think that, I mean, honestly, I think that we were a little bit disappointed, honestly, with how many people didn't participate in the giveaway. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that hard to do. Yeah. We're not asking you to spend any money or buy anything. Yeah. And we're it, giving you something. It takes, yeah. It takes literally five seconds. Uh-huh. 10, 15 tops. Yeah. 20 if you're a slow reader. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know so i guess we're maybe we're coming off a bit uh i don't know petty but interact fucking do some shit yeah i don't know it's frustrating <sighs> yeah. so okay today we're gonna be talking about is your marriage worth fighting for mm-hmm we, like Seth said, we had somebody reach out, and we have had multiple people reach out about this, and 
I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a, um, a topic that a lot of people, I don't know. I, it, it, it comes up, I think for us, if you've listened to the majority of the episodes, you really probably kind of already guess what our take would be. Mm-hmm. So I think that people are a little hesitant to ask what we're going to kind of cover today mm-hmm. um, directly to us because... You know, we were vocal about how we feel about that type of crap anyway. So, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it has come up before. It's something that you see is very prevalent in uh, in other pod, marriage podcasts, especially ones involving religion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and they will definitely tell you, yeah, you, oh, you, you need yeah. to fight for it. For you need to do whatever it takes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and so us, I think that if you know us by now, you <laughs> you may know partly of what we have to say. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think necessarily everything, but I think that it's... Uh, but it's definitely something that gets brought up quite a bit, yep. and we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But before we get started with that, we have our Dumbass Post of the Week. All right. This one, you know... It's pretty sweet. It's an anniversary mm-hmm. post. So this couple was celebrating their... Do you remember how many years? One year. Oh. So they're still newlyweds. <laughs> so, you know, you may agree with this or disagree with this if you're listening. But this was a one-year anniversary post from this extremely loving couple. Happy anniversary to my beautiful husband, my favorite shitbag... The love of my life, the person I want to stab more than anyone else. <laughs> so, yeah. once uh, she puts the knife down in the trailer park, I'm sure they live in. <laughs> Jesus. Pull her head out of her ass. What? <laughs> You're awful. That's just. I know. Absolutely ridiculous yeah. that you would. You know, I, I remember, I know we need to do an episode about the first year. I, what, completely unrelatable to mm-hmm. people. As we, I've, I've talked to people. Uh, do you remember that, that one girl I, I used to work with, and then she worked at another place, and we ran into each other? Yeah. And uh. she was like, we, you and I got married, like, around the same time her and her husband got married. Yeah, and then, and then like, she kind of, like, reached back out. Or not reached back out, but she started talking to you, and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this bitch doing? <laughs> but I know that... <laughs> I guess it's just my jealousy coming out, but I re- yes, I remember her. Oh my gosh, that's not even where I was trying to go. With <laughs> I know, but she, I, we were ended up at the same hospital. I was there teaching a class, and she was there working in her new role. Uh-huh. And I didn't know she was there. And we ran into each other, and she's like, "Oh," and, and uh, I was like, I, "I said something like, how's how's your husband, or something like mm-hmm. that." And then we were like, "Oh yeah, we got married around the same time." She goes, "Oh my gosh." Isn't the first year the worst? She goes, I, I'm so glad we got past that first year. It was awful. And, and I was like... Wait, it, maybe it's not the same girl what? that I'm thinking of. It may not be. Yeah, it might not be. I don't think it is. That's a lot of girls that try to reach out. <laughs> but she was the one that was just like, yeah, this was... I remember. It was horrible and awful. And uh-huh. I was like, our, our first year was, was great. I don't... And we had no issues. And she's like... You're so lucky. This is awful. And then, like, three months later, I see that she's pregnant. Oh gosh, <laughs> like, that's not the solution to your awful first year of marriage. Yeah, she. 
Jeez. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point though. We should do an mm-hmm. episode on the first year. That's a good one. So, but yeah, um, I mean, obviously, this is this couple is not happy with each other, yeah. and if you're wanting to stab your shitbag husband, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you need to reevaluate your relationship. Right. Um, That's a relationship not worth fighting for. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, I know. So yeah, we like it, like we said, we're gonna be talking about. Is your relationship worth fighting for? Did you almost say farting, farting for? for. <laughs> <laughs> fighting for, and um, and we have we had someone directly reach out, um, and we we kind of wanted to share a little bit of what they they said to us. Yes, so she reached out this week, um, and here's what she said: I recently started listening to your podcast a few months ago. As I've been going through a lot of your episodes, this week I finished up your series on the end of a relationship. When I listened to Signs You're Unhappy, I thought you were talking directly to me. That's We, we get that mm-hmm. a lot. A lot. Um, I know. Well, to the point where we've had even people like, like couples get into Yeah, get into a fight because they thought one of them told us something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I listened to Sanjay, I thought you were directly to me. And then she says, it was the same thing when I listened to the beginning of the end. While listening, I have found myself trying to figure out what I could do to salvage the relationship. As I tried to convince myself that we can make it work and that he's a great partner, I do find myself admitting that I still love him, but I'm not in love with him. That's another really big common phrase oh, yeah. that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, we have so much wrong with our marriage, I'm not even sure where to start to rebuild, reconnect, and get us somewhere remotely happy. I realize that I need to make a decision on whether our relationship is worth saving or not. It seems like there are so many things wrong that getting us to a good place again is unimaginable. How will I know if it's worth saving or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean... <clears throat> I And with, I guess... <laughs> There's in this specific message. There's not a whole lot of, you know, what exactly yeah, is wrong. A lot of detail. Yeah, there's not really details as far as when they say that when she says there's a lot wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, what mm-hmm. is it? Because there's certain things that, you know, from our opinion, are not worth Mm-mm. fighting for. There, there are certain things out there that, um, and even and it's not even just our opinion. You, you'll hear. You know, other coach relationship coaches or therapists or, or other professionals say that there are certain things that you, you know, you need to terminate a relationship for, and and of course, infidelity is always one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but addiction. But I don't even know if like because most I would say most of the time, nor- your normal regular relationship uh, counselor, a coach, or therapist, they're not going to. They're not even going to say that. Because a lot of them do think that well, it's... I, I base that on an article I read. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. On the, it, was, it was a list, but it was like the top five things your relationship can't recover from. Mm. And their, their point behind it was if you were headed down a halfway decent relationship path and these things happen, you're never going to get back to where you're at. Mm. doesn't mean that you have to get divorced, but that quote-unquote mutual happy place that you once had is almost unattainable again if there's been too much damage to the relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's where you you know you can use the analogy of the the broken plate. If you take a plate and you smash it on the ground and you glue it all back together, there's still all these cracks in the relationship, and it's not as strong of a plate anymore. Mm-hmm. I say cracks relationship, but cracking the plate. Right. Um, and that's how it is when you have a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. You can you can put it back together and you can mend it. But a lot of times that mending and that work you put into won't hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really just kind of a temporary fix yeah. or a Band-Aid. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I know. But um, but what were you saying before? I guess before I well, interrupted with, with you. With the details, you know, the, the certain things they can't. You know, yeah. But, and right. so really but to, to our opinion on it, you know, if you're dealing with that abusive partner, that's... Mm-hmm. That's an absolute no-go. Mm-hmm. And that means verbal as well. Yes. A lot of people don't realize what verbal abuse is. Um, they think that being called names and, and having their, their integrity and their, their looks and their behavior and their intelligence and things like that berated and called into question or put out there or, or made fun of is not verbal abuse. And it, by all means, is verbal abuse mm-hmm. when you... When you you know, talk down to your partner that way. Um, that is all of that's a form of verbal abuse, and so I think people can tend to say some very mean and harsh things and think that it's normal, yeah. and, and it may be normal for some yeah. people, but it's it's abusive. It's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that you know, you look at that verbal abuse, of course, physical abuse. You know, from our perspective, infidelity is a non-recoverable. Yes. Um, addiction is a non-recoverable. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, I think that trust? anything with, yeah, I was going to say anything oh, okay. with trust, you can't, you, it's so hard for you to just trust the person mm-hmm. with your relationship or are you, what are you doing? Keep questioning them. And and when it comes to trust, I think a lot of people think that trust is really exclusive to cheating. Mm-hmm. And the, even even as you expand on a little more, people may say, "Well, it's cheating and and you know addiction. Mm-hmm. I can't trust them to behave properly." But it it could be finances. Can't yeah. trust them with your bank account or your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't. Well, I know there's people that have like um, gambling addictions mm-hmm. and stuff too. Yep. And and it, it may not necessarily be an addiction, but even those partners that you're like, "Well, I can't I can't trust you to make good decisions when you're." with this person or when you're not with me or when you're with these group of people i mean we've known couples or people where on paper and at face value had a great relationship but every time she went out with the girls she was a train wreck Mm -hmm. and he couldn't trust her to go out with the girls she had no filter or governor to control how much she drank how she partied who she hooked up with and all those things. And so any time that trust is in there, it's very, very hard to recover from. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when there is that trust issue, that's probably going to be your biggest obstacle of, of the battle to fight for your relationship. Um, but I think even when you look at other things that are... are are happening. The other details that she didn't she didn't inform us of, um, 
And usually when someone there has been infidelity or cheating, they, they typically bring that up. Mm-hmm. It's usually something that yeah people reference they say that and so Mm -hmm. and so like with that i think that with with her reaching out we have to assume that he hasn't been cheating right because most of the time they do bring that up and they they she wouldn't be so i guess generalistic Mm -hmm. about just the problems well and i look at i look at my last relationship and i mean even when we started having problems and I, i talked last week about you know, her interested in somebody else at the end of our relationship. But that, that wasn't a constant. That wasn't something that we really battled with or anything that right. was, we had to overcome. And, and there wasn't addiction. There, there wasn't, there were trust issues, but it was, it was more based around her deliberately not making me or really not giving me anything to trust. Like, she didn't build confidence in the relationship mm-hmm. um, when things came into question and stuff like that. But nobody ever got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. And so there there weren't, there wasn't the addiction, there wasn't the infidelity, but there definitely was this, this, uh, and probably from both of us, this I love you, but I'm not in love with you mm-hmm. type of perspective. And so when I hear somebody say something like that, I, I really kind of think it's this I've fallen out of love mm-hmm. with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and when somebody says I've fallen out of love, it, I, I don't want to harp on the, the physical attractiveness piece, but there's something that has destroyed your intimacy. Mm-hmm. And you tend to find out more times than not that it's, it's related to a level of attraction. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, whatever that is, right, wrong, or indifferent, that tends to be a very underlying factor that people don't really want to come straight out and say. Yeah, I know. And I guess even most recently, a lot of we've known a lot of women that aren't attracted to their husbands anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that I think that this is a result of them never I think it's a result of them settling uh-huh. and never fully being attracted to them to begin with. Yep. I don't know if it was maybe uh it could it could have been he was the first boy that you that ever paid you attention mm-hmm. and you ended up getting married to him but it was like oh well you know this is the only guy that has ever liked me mm-hmm. and then later on you realize oh I never really liked him in the first place. People do Guys and girls both do this. I don't think it's really exclusive to one sex or the other. Um, but people do get into relationships, serious relationships or even marriages, before they've fully blossomed mm-hmm. into a attractive, good-looking adult yeah. with something to offer physically mm-hmm. in the looks department and all that stuff. And, and, and what you tend to see is that late bloomer who sometimes don't even notice that they are attractive as they are. Do you think guys go through that too? The late bloomer thing? I, I think I think, I think guys, it's more so women. Yes, but I I, I say that I, I don't think it's loose to sex for the I settled or not settled, but I hopped into a relationship before I was fully mm-hmm. bloomed into something. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the late bloomer stuff, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, it probably is more more women. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that you know, I've I've seen guys have done this to me as as 
as far back as I can remember, have shown me pictures of what their wife used, used to, to look, look like. like. I know. Like, here's what she looked like when we got married. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then they'll be they'll either be like, I ain't even gonna show you we what she looks like now. That, we still get that. I mean, very recently mm-hmm. we've had someone do that, and I mean it's in front of their partner. Yeah. Here's what she used to look like. And I, I don't I honestly, I don't even think that they realize what they're doing. They don't realize that that's hurt. That could be hurtful to their partner. Right. Especially right now. Yeah, e- e- even when the partner's like, I know I need to do something about this. Yeah. I want to get back to how I used to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, I think that's another topic, but that's where the, the, you know what, I'm supportive of whatever. If you were happier then, then let's, let's do what we can to get you back there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't need to be this, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been thinking, <laughs> God, you need to get back to where, what you I used know. to look like. Let's right. get you some help. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't need to be that approach, but. But I think that the that 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 I love you, but I'm not in love with you is is really related to that. And, and you know, to your point, we have been seeing a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the uh, the the dynamic of how these couples progress, you know, there's the there's those cliche and old statements like you shouldn't marry anybody that you want to change or think you're going to change. But then you'll read in another article or something professional that everybody changes so you need to be you don't want to marry someone for who they are now you want to marry someone for who who they have the potential to be mm-hmm. well what the fuck does that mean yeah. we, i mean i think that that was easier for us when we got married later in life mm-hmm. as you know people you know you were approaching 30 me in my 30s that we could see the potential in each other but that's very hard for people that are young and stupid to see mm-hmm. you know what what potential is that because a lot of but even though I don't know, like I think that even with, even with us, it wasn't the oh I see the potential in him. So right, have... yeah, it wasn't something that yeah. This is on my pro list or yeah. my con list. If <laughs> if I don't see the potential in them, we're not doing this. Yeah, you know? that's weird. So, but I think that the the intent and then so going back to that, I, I it, it's this conundrum of, you know, don't marry someone expecting them to change, but. Marry someone because everybody changes. Well, what is it? Do people change? Do they not? And that's where, you know, we've talked about growing together and, mm-hmm. and maturing your relationship together. And that's that's what's more important. Not individual growth, but mm-hmm. unit and couple growth mm-hmm. is, is where the most important piece is to that. Um, but I think that that's where you start to see through those changes that, that people do experience, especially if you got married at a younger age. If you got married, you know, out of high school, out of college, at some point in those mid, early to mid 20s, your tastes aren't even fully developed. No, I know. You don't know what you like. You don't really know what you're going to be into. You just know what you like now. Yeah, and I think that you you think that you know what you like, mm-hmm. but I mean I know that after after being with somebody for ten years, and I guess my high school sweetheart, and and thinking that that's the person that I wanted to be with and stuff, and that was I knew that that was the person, and then leaving them, and then meeting you it everything 
that our relationship brought or you brought to the table or both of us together mm-hmm. brought i think that i it it was i guess maturing on my on my own and um i don't know i'm trying to well, well here's one of the things that i i say it when i'm getting into something new you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and and you That's don't true. you don't know you don't know what else you could be exposed to if you don't know what else is out there to be exposed to mm-hmm. And I but think then that, there's the people that will tell you the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the people that are sitting in a shit lawn <laughs> on the bad part of the neighborhood. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And, and and that's where... But I think that once you get exposed... I mean, that's why you see a lot of these feelings that people have when they when they start to fall out of love. I really do believe that those relationships themselves are in a vacuum. And if you don't have any outside interference, you just naturally morph or change into whatever shitty relationship you have or great relationship you have or poking along, just surviving relationship. Once your relationship's out of that vacuum, I think a lot of this comes from not necessarily somebody intentionally influencing them, but they've been exposed to something else. Mm -hmm. They've seen another relationship that was functioning at a higher level. They've met someone, not necessarily that they're going to have an affair, they're falling in love with them, although I guess that was your case. Mm-hmm. But Well, not an affair. But, yeah. yeah. But th- they see something where they're like, you start to play the comparative game. Mm-hmm. Other than, well, this, this guy over here, he's, you know, he's got this going for him. And, and you know, e- even with your, your case, if you looked at how old you guys were at the time, even backtracking and say, well, when Seth was... My fiance's age, he had already, you know, had, owned two houses. Yeah. He had, you know, done done this and that, and <clears throat> what what the hell is going on? So, you start to see things, and you start to play the comparative game, and you start to kind of, I don't even want to say overanalyze, but you start to analyze your own relationship, and you're like, well, is there something off? Is there mm-hmm. something wrong? Is it is it me? Is it him? Is it us? Is it you know, wh- why are we not? there and then you once you start asking the why then that immediately starts spawning the person into finding those answers to the why Mm -hmm. and on that journey and search for those answers is where they they you know uncover some things under some rocks that isn't good for the relationship no yeah because things start to get exposed i know yeah i think that like looking at my previous relationship and and when I thought that it was worth fighting for, mm-hmm. I, I really did. I, I I thought that, you know, my love and support and me praying and everything was going to to make things better. And that it was that because of me praying and then hopefully him eventually being a better partner a better person and not an addict or mm-hmm. he I mean he's an, he's going to be an addict no matter what and accepting that i guess that you know once you're an addict you're an addict and that that's an unfair burden for a partner to have to take on to say well i'm going to have to accept the fact that this person's cuz that's it's not your problem mhm but i know it's not yeah. and I know that a lot of people probably think that it 
Well, that's what you signed up for. Yeah. Better for worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that going through all of that and then finally realizing, yeah, no, <laughs> this mm-hmm. isn't, this is not worth fighting for. <clears throat> it's not a good relationship. It's not what I want. It's not what I envisioned for my future. Well, and, and going back to when, 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 and I think we've kind of hit on, hit on it on here before, but when you talk about, you know, praying, hoping that things are going to get better, aside from the addiction, what else were you wanting to get better? I, or did, did you? I think I wanted. Uh, I think that. Or did you think that the addiction was the what addiction, caused all the other problems? I think the. I was thinking that the addiction was. Once that was taken care of, we can, we can handle everything else. Okay. You know, we can, we can get by, and we can, we can work on other. Nothing things, will be but, as bad as the addiction. Yeah. Uh huh. And once once we cover that, then it should be smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong. And see, that's where, yeah, from my relationship, there was no addiction. So, there, mm-hmm. and like, that's kind of my point from earlier was, we, my, my ex and myself, there wasn't this big glaring, if we can just fix this, mm-hmm. there's this, you couldn't really point at either one of us to say, you are doing this right here so wrong to our relationship that it's damaging everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I get from this lady that reached out was, people are very open with, they've cheated, they're addicted, they, you know, whatever. I mean, we just got another message yesterday about heroin yeah and stuff like that so people are pretty forthcoming with that so when when you when you aren't very specific i think sometimes the person reaching out when they say things like well there's just so much wrong i think that's really a statement of i'm just so unhappy and i'm not really sure why mm-hmm. and they can kind of put well we don't communicate enough well he doesn't help out around this he he doesn't do that he, you know whatever we got the kids whatever it is and so they start trying to you know, kind of put labels on those things as those contributing factors as to their own unhappiness. But I, I don't want to say that one way is easier than the other or that, you, you know, because I, I, I could be like, well, you at least had the luxury to say, well, this one thing is what's causing all this. Yeah. And that's not a luxury. And it's not that one's better or worse than the other. However, when you do have the ability to pinpoint something and... It makes it easier to look back and and kind of reflect, I think. It does, but it gives you at least something to say, we can fix this. Mm-hmm. It, it is worth fighting for to get you to recover from your addiction. Mm-hmm. But if the addiction wasn't there, I think that that's where people think. If there is that one thing, if they're like, well, you know, he's addicted to porn, or she cheated on me, or, you know... Uh, he's addicted to drugs or she's addicted to shopping or whatever it is if they, they they the one thing they tend to harp on the most and they tend to put it in their head that if this one thing could get fixed just to, just like you said everything else is easy mm-hmm. or the other stuff will go away or it won't be as bad as this one thing that we're getting and that's where i think to determine if your relationship is worth fighting for you have to be able to have the ability to take that one big glaring thing that you feel is the common denominator or the root cause or whatever you want to label it as and say if this didn't exist realistically and objectively would we really have a great relationship or not Mm -hmm. and that's where it takes a lot of in-depth reflection 
and analysis of your own relationship. Because people tend to say, well, you know, take the addiction. Well, the addiction has, has made them lazy. It's taken away their ambition. It's taken away their drive. It's done this and that. And But has it? Or is that just a convenient excuse? excuse? Because being surrounded by driven people that are naturally driven and people that are goal-oriented, I hate to break it to you all, they don't stop that train to hop off and become addicted to anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, they typically don't have that type of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, and not, not to take away from the fact that there are pitfalls and people have weaknesses and can stumble into those things, but generically speaking, if, if you, you know, really, would, would, that, would that really fix it? Or is their personality such that they don't, they're not a strong enough-minded or will-powered person to not fall into those pitfalls? And if we take this away, it's going to just re- be replaced with something else. We'll quit the meth. Now they're drinking all the time. We'll quit the drinking. Now now they, you know, whatever they're doing all the time, they, they tend to have, whether it's an addictive personality or whatever you want to call it, they can't seem to fully remove themselves from those type of issues. Mm-hmm. And it ends up just being one battle after another battle. Wow. And it's a big battle. And that's what people stay focused on. Is there's this one big thing. If we can just fix this, oh shit, we got that done. Well, now they're doing this. We just got to fix that. Well, and that's how it was with me. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the drugs to the to the alcohol, mm-hmm. and and it was like, well, it's not. At least it's not drugs. Yeah. Uh huh. And so it when was, the alcohol actually physically did more harm to his insides yeah. than the drugs did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least at the time. Well, yeah. You don't know long Probably, term. who knows about the brain and all yeah. that. But, yeah, to the liver and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, though, that even, like, with... Because I did have that that one thing where you can, you can actually pinpoint the actual cause, I guess, <laughs> of our issues. The people that don't have that and how how hard and how frustrating it it must be though for for those people and i mean in you mm-hmm. uh, you and your ex and even cuz i think that you kind of knew some stuff like i don't know maybe just her being a witch mm-hmm. and and or you guys not having sex mm-hmm. and but like I, I even try to put myself in, in her shoes. If if my ex didn't have the addictions, but there was still other things, you know, I didn't want to have sex with them. Maybe it was that I was unattracted to him. And, mm-hmm. and but then you realize that you're, the partner that you're with isn't that bad on paper. Right. How hard that is to be like... Well, because you sound so shallow. Yeah, how do I even bring this up? How do I even tell my partner this stuff? Because it's it really is hurtful mm-hmm. and mean. And but there's nothing. They're really not doing anything wrong, but they are because I don't like them. <laughs> right. And some of those they can't help. Yeah, I, I look at it like. Um, being being a woman and and having having our periods and 
and PMSing and all that. And once, once we're PMSing and just something, you just, you're just irritated. You're just, just for no reason. Mm -hmm. There's no, I, and I know that guys can't really understand where we're coming from because i don't know there's some guys out there that pms pretty hard <laughs> i guess that's true Act like little bitches but <laughs> yeah they do yeah yeah <laughs> but but like we we become this way and there's nothing that we could do to fight it off to mm-hmm. make it better to to be like well you know maybe i should just have a good day even though I'm just not feeling good, and I hate everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the how these women feel about their partners, though. And and I don't know, maybe it's men too, but you know, <laughs> it's there's there's just something where you're just like, I can't, I just can't have it. Mm-hmm. I just can't handle being around you anymore. Well, at least with the period, you know, it's going to go away in a few days. That's true. And that, that's the problem. And like to this woman's point, she's like, there's so much wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know where to start. And if, if it is a bunch of things that, and this is where, you know, the little things add up. Mm-hmm. Little things add up. And, and if, if, if you start to see that, if you look down one day and you're like, fuck me, man, my partner, they... I, okay, let's start from the time we wake up in the morning. First of all, I get woken up every morning because of his loud ass snoring and shit breath. <laughs> Just puts me in a bad mood. Yeah. Then he doesn't know how to turn off his fucking alarm clock. <laughs> then he gets up. I don't have to go anywhere for a little bit, so he's ruined my sleep. He clangs everything around. He goes in the bathroom. He's loud when he when he leaves the door open and takes a loud morning shit. <laughs> He, you know, brushes his teeth real loud. He's in there gargling scope for five minutes, which I guess is good because he's got shit breath anyway. <laughs> then he gets in the shower and he's singing at the top of his lungs. And, then, and he's having fun. Yeah. Like, and he to... has no idea how annoyed she is the first 15 minutes of every day at him just for his existence. Mm-hmm. And so even if she wants to take that 15-minute morning routine and say, okay, you know what? We've got to fix this. How does she even fix the 25 things that annoy her those first 15 minutes? I know. About that partner. Okay, here's how we're going to handle this. You are going to start wearing this sleep apnea machine or whatever it is every morning. You're going to sleep and face this way so I don't have to smell your breath. Yeah, but the machine would... I'm just... No strips, whatever you want to call it. Something. (laughs) You, you know, you're going to start getting up mm-hmm. and, and you can't just say you need to fix all of this. It has to be a process. Mm-hmm. And so if you're already getting awful sleep, you're already irritated. People don't have the patience to be like, once I retrain this, this 35 year old, two year old I'm living with, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe he's going to be worth a damn. And then you see some women take the, or I say women, women take this man and they start to fix him up and then he leaves her. And she's like, well, son of a bitch, I fixed him all up, and now somebody else... I had to deal with the pain in the ass for the last 15 years, <laughs> and now somebody else is going to get version 2.0 that's actually not that bad to deal with. <laughs> I know. And so, it, you know, it's a double-edged sword for him. But I think that when someone is so overwhelmed with 
with what it is because I think that with, with my ex, it was I, when I say we didn't have the one thing, which was that big major, you know, addiction, infidelity, all that stuff we talked about. I did think in my head that you know the sex is the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. If, but it was from this this naive perspective of. I don't like you very much. I, but if if you were interested in me in a sexual way, I could probably handle your bitch ass attitude a little better. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Yeah. That's just not how it works. And so I did do the the one thing, but there was I had issues with, you know, with with her shopping, with her spending money, with her. She had I guess other addictions to you know shopping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something blatant that was. Right. destroying her life. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't like how she interacted with her son. I didn't like how she interacted with her job. I didn't like how she interacted with her friends. And so I had a laundry list of dislikes. And I couldn't get a win on one of those. Mm-hmm. And that was really, going back to the point of the question of, is my relationship worth fighting for? Are you getting any wins? If you aren't getting any wins at all, it's not that it's not worth fighting for. It's a battle you can't win mm-hmm. if 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 i say okay my partner has these 25 things wrong with them the first question i would ask is why are you with somebody that has that many problems <laughs> but if you're choosing to be strategic about it and say okay here's my battlefield mm-hmm. i've got 25 landmines we've got to pull out of this battlefield so we can progress on and everybody keeps all their limbs and we can live happily ever after which one am i going to work on first mm-hmm. okay you couldn't defuse that one She's still a bitch. Mm-hmm. All right, let's try this. Okay, couldn't defuse this one. Oh, she's still spending all your money. Mm-hmm. Could You have to be able to get a win at some point to say, you know what? There is change because that at least gives you a little progress. hope. Yeah. yeah, and you're showing progress. Mm-hmm. And you have to make a determination on how long did it take to get that win. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've been married, my last relationship, we'd been married 12 years when we got divorced. If she had decided at 12 years to start working on things and we were going to get, you know, I was going to get one win a year out of 25 different problems. Yeah, by the end of it, we would have been married 37 years, but I would have been miserable for 25 more years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then you still have to look at it and say, even if I get all these wins, is this still the person I want to be with? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a hard no to to uncover and discover on your own. I know. It is. I Another thing that, like... I, I think that a lot of people fail to do is to to actually look at themselves and understand that maybe it's not my partner that's the problem. Maybe it's me, mm-hmm. too. And is what I'm doing in the relationship good and worthwhile and worth my partner to even fight for our relationship too right because yeah there's just too many people that (laughs) that just blame 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 well and you say something that made me think about this sometimes your partner doesn't even know that they're in the fight with you that's true i know well that's where the communication stuff comes in that annoying ass husband example i gave first 15 minutes doesn't think anything's wrong yeah does he know about all this and and when you do bring it up it's probably a irritated ass fight mm-hmm. and especially when you come in and you tell him all the shit he does wrong and he looks at your end of the sink and says well, what the fuck happened over here mm-hmm. you clean up all your shit and i'll start being 
a little more or better in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Don't throw and, and then it rocks becomes at glass this houses. little yeah. this uh Well I may do this wrong, but you do that yeah, wrong. Yeah. I don't blame game type yeah, and thing. Then it becomes this, this petty back and forth of who's wrong is worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's know. that's an unwinnable battle. Yeah. Because because it, it it, when I say you, you need a win, I don't mean that you need a win in an argument. It's not about, oh, I was right, I won. It, I mean a win by the progress that you pointed to, that your partner's showing progress and they care. But they have to even, they need to know that they're even engaged in fighting for the marriage in the first place. Uh huh. I know, and they, and they need to know that, that you are happy that they actually want, that they got a win. You know that there was a win in the in the relationship. Like you can't just hold it back from them and be and be like, well, I guess he did this right, so whatever. But you know, you have to let them know. Wow, you really are trying. Well, I think that I think one of the signs of a good of a really good strong relationship, and we we could maybe even do a full episode on this at some point. But I think both partners have to have a level of being subservient to their partner Mm -hmm. you should want to make your partner happy and the desire to make your partner happy should outweigh the desire for you to be right or for you to get your way Mm -hmm. or for you to you know whatever you want to fill in that blank and i think that that's where relationships like ours if something like that you know was to come up if you were like uh, the the snoring thing, if you you were like, you know what, you you are snoring too much and I can't sleep, I wouldn't be like tough shit. Go sleep in the other room. <laughs> yeah. I I would feel bad. Mm-hmm. I would be like, I'd be like, oh my god, okay, well, let me make a doctor's appointment and see if there's is there something I can do, is there something I can take, and and it would be it would be something that we would explore together. They were like, oh well, Seth, you need to. You know, you need if you lost fifteen pounds, you you wouldn't snore because a lot of times people that snore, guys especially, it's because they're overweight mm-hmm. um, and they need to lose weight. And so, like, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the gym. I'm gonna lose fifteen pounds. We'll see if that stops. So, mm-hmm. bear with me. And in the meantime, let me I'm gonna, you know, whatever. Try to find a temporary fix, uh, or elbow me and I'll roll over on my side. Whatever it is, we'll try to find something temporary. So you lose the weight, and it's like. You can't lose the weight and then be like, her like, oh, you're still snoring. Be like, well, fuck, bitch. I lost 15 pounds. What the hell else you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, you know, it yeah. needs to be like, okay, well, what's next? Let yeah. me go back. It, so you, for me, I would want to find the solution to where you were happy and could sleep and it didn't disrupt, you know, your life. But I think that, I think that it would be because of how i brought it up to you too mm-hmm. and it would because you know and i know that i wouldn't bring it up in a negative bitchy ass way right and the way that you speak to your partner is so important and that's why it's important that you bring these things up immediately. right away yes. don't wait after listening to this shit for 10 years and then explode on your partner who has no clue what they're doing Mm-hmm. and it also does no good for that wife to videotape the husband snoring and then post it all over Facebook and be like, "Here's the here's the shit I gotta put up with every night." Mm-hmm. And then you get you know 126,000 views and hahas and likes and all these other women like girlfriend, you he ain't got nothing on my husband's loud ass and you know, whatever else. 
have the conversation. I know. Because once you put it out there for public ridicule and speculation and fun, it's no longer a serious issue. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. And I think that, uh, it, that, that stuff just bothers me because... Because you, because these people are, I know that they're trying to make light of their relationship and, you know, that all marriages go through this stuff and all that, but is that really how, you know that you're probably unhappy. Yeah, you don't like it. It's okay to be (laughs) irritated and mad. I'm not telling you you shouldn't be irritated. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I, I could not handle it if you had a sleeping issue where it kept me from actually sleeping. Mm Mm-hmm. Drive me nuts. I can't deal with when the dogs won't stay asleep. Yeah, I know. And so uh, I, I really sympathize with that one a lot. But you're allowed to be annoyed with your partner's sleeping habits. But you're not allowed to be annoyed and not bring it up or only bring it up when it's time to ridicule or make fun of them. Mm-hmm. If it's really, it goes back to the, the, the post you shared well, today is what we're recording yeah, uh-huh. about the... If you... If you aren't willing to change it, quit complaining about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So do what you need to do to change it. Not just complain about it and let it fester and boil over until this big explosion. Because if it's that big of a deal, it should have been a big deal, you know, ten times ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and And I know we're harping on the snoring, but it, it's whatever. Yeah. It's all yeah. of that it's stuff. Not it's not just that. Yeah. It, it's all of that stuff uh-huh. um, that we look at. But I think that that's where... That progress and the the path for a resolve is what you're seeing in that win that shows that there is something there worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people try to put that something worth fighting for as, as a tangible thing, like our kids are worth us fighting for to stay mm-hmm. together. Um, and you need to be able to take those kids and separate them from the marital issues you have. If you didn't have kids, would you want to fight for that marriage? If the answer is no, then it's not worth fighting for. Yeah. The, the, the kids baiting that to keep you together, yes, it's a different dynamic. Yes, it's more on the table than a pet mm-hmm. or something like that, depending. I know it's not for you. Mm, yeah. You value a pet over oh, kids gosh. any day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, be objective about it. But also, once again, if if if... If the kids are the only thing keeping you together in the first place, that's a pretty big sign that you're in a awful unhealthy relationship. And if you aren't taking the thing and that those kids are that temporary paste, mm-hmm. because once those kids finally leave, then what? Yeah, what is it? Uh, the, leave the nest. The nest, yeah. I was getting empty nesters. Launch and oh, fail to nest. Uh, what I was getting it all confused, but anyway. Uh, once they finally leave that nest, what then? Mm-hmm. And and if you haven't been working on your relationship the whole time and just relying on the kids being there for the, the carrot on the stick or the only reason you're together, once that pace is wiped off, it, you're done. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to stick together. Mm-mm. It's not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've <laughs> we've dealt with this in our previous relationships but it i don't think we necessarily asked ourselves that those questions this question you know is the relationship or marriage worth fighting for and if i would have asked myself this when i was with him i i probably it probably would have been a hard pill to swallow Mm -hmm. for me to be like yeah no it's it's not 
and and before I even met you, right? And and or even before I I told him that I wanted to leave, mm-hmm. I think that I would have been like, well, it it might. I think that it is, but then like knowing in the back of my head. Just knowing, yeah, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It, it really isn't, and tr- and telling myself the truth. Right. I think that I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with is is their own truth in their own mind. Just knowing or wanting someone else to tell them what to do to make the decision final. Well, and and people people look at their broken damaged relationship the same as they they can they 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 look at it they view it the same way a doctor does a dying patient where the doctor says i'm going to try everything i can to save this patient because i need to know at the end of the day that if they do die i did everything within my power to try to keep them alive Mm -hmm. and that's not how your relationship should be Mm -hmm. and i know people won't agree with that but that's a lot of people want to be able to say, well, I just need to know from my own peace of mind that I tried everything I could to keep this relationship going and keep us together. And so I'm going to put forth max effort in all of these avenues just so I can say I tried everything. Mm-hmm. When you're wasting your time. Yeah. Cut your losses. Yeah. If, yeah. You're, if you're just trying everything so you can say you tried everything, cut your losses. Mm-hmm. That's not worth fighting for. No. If you want real substantial change and you want to try to progress and have those fights and fight for that relationship and see those wins, then yes, do that. But if you just want to be able to get this check in the block that, oh, I tried this, I tried that, yep, we have to get a divorce, but I, I can sleep at night knowing I did everything I could to save this relationship. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not how it works. Yeah. And but a lot of people want to so do that. So many people yeah. will do that. <laughs> but... I don't know. I think that we we're here to tell you that it's okay to to understand and realize that it's not worth fighting for, mm-hmm. and that it's okay for you to to say, "Hey, you know, I I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. I want to be happy for myself." And unfortunately, like we're not happy together. Yeah. So we need to. We need to end this. You have to look at it and and hypothetically remove the variables. Because people use all of those as crutches. It's the kids. Mm-hmm. It's the jobs. It's the house. It's the families. It's the in-laws. It's all these things as to why they say, well, this is these are all the reasons we need to stay together. So start mentally taking those apart. Say, okay, well, if I didn't care as much about what his family thought of me, would that would I still... What if I didn't get along with his family? Would that... Help me make a decision to leave. Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then there's your answer. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't have the kids, would I still leave? Yes. If we didn't live in this beautiful house, you know, if we lived in a cardboard box inside of the road, would I still want to be with this person? You know, I mean, if you guys were stranded on a, on an island together, would you think about you were so happy to be there with them, or would that be that this is the person I can eat if I get too hungry? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> you know, so you have to be able to mentally start removing some of those variables that people use as those crutches to stay in awful shit relationships. Yeah. And say, you know, my, you know instead of, well, what about my finances? What If that wasn't an issue, would you want to stay? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that those aren't valid concerns. I'm just saying that helps people go through that process to come to a conclusion that's a rational decision 
based on the fact that I don't love this person. I don't want to be in, I can't be in love with them. I don't want to make love with them. I don't share that type of love with them in any way, shape, or form. And it keeps somebody that has that realization from saying, but we have a house, kids, job, money, so I'll stay. Mm-hmm. So take the house, kids, job, and money aside for a second and look at how you really feel about the person. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of a lot of people, or I think especially women, they, they go through that with the, with the finances. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, it's worth me staying because I wouldn't be able to live on my own. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe guys go through it too, but I think that... If if you're in a a, a breadwinner type situation where whoever makes more money, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you you end up feeling that way. And when you shouldn't you shouldn't look at that. You should just you should look at you're going to survive. Yeah, and you may have to do things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but you'll get through it. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah. But it'll it, it'll be worth it, right? Well, and I think that saying that anything uh, anything that's worth having isn't easy. People try to put that like, well, that's why my relationship is. Mm-hmm. No, that's against everything we say. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I don't think I did. What did you think of the drink? I thought it was really. It's good. pretty good. Yeah, huh? uh-huh. it's a. It, with all the stuff in there, mm-hmm. it's you wouldn't really be able to tell that that's the ingredients no. in it, would you? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. So, um, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, join the Marriage on the Rock Speakeasy page, and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>